Hi there. I hope you're doing okay. It's me, Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider. I'm hosting another episode of our wonderful weekly podcast called Election Profit Makers. And I'm joined on the line by the one and only Long John Silver. From North Carolina, his name is Johnny. John, are you there? Yeah. It's weird that we are, you say that I'm on the line from North Carolina because we're in the same town. For now. For now. But don't get too used to it because old Davy's like the wind. Yeah. He flutters hither and yon. And messes things up. Welcome to our podcast once again. It's Election Profit Makers. We're happy to have you with us. John, why don't you tell us about some wind, some wind experiences that we had on Saturday when we were trying to register voters? You know, when I signed us up to register voters last week from 12 to noon, uh, from no, from 12 to 2 p.m. on Saturday, I had no idea that it would be at the same time that Carolina was going to be playing their second round NCAA tournament game against the number one seed Baylor Bears and defending national champions. But it was. And no good deed goes unpunished. So we still went out and did our work. I was honestly it, stunned. I've never seen you make a greater sacrifice for the health of our democracy. It's the first time I've ever missed an NCAA tournament game by Carolina. In it was incredible. Life. You were said, yeah, we just, we showed up. You brought your phone. Our, the yeah. woman we were working with, Carolyn, she had her phone with her. She was wearing a <laughs> UNC t-shirt. You guys were all in on the game. That's right. We, we were doing our work, but we had to watch the game as well. It was uh, sunny, warm. It was beautiful a beautiful day. day. Beautiful day. A little windy. John hates a little the too wind. windy. We had a huge was fight blowing about the wind. all of our papers around. And every uh, time the but, wind would blow, the little sign we had on the side of the road that said "Check your registration," John would look at me and be like, "How's that wind? How's the wind? Yeah, yeah. all wind yeah. does is destroy." Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I showed up with a water bo- a bottle of water because I like to stay hydrated. And John, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, but I've recently learned that John thinks drinking water is like a sign of weakness, of moral failing. And at one point, John told me that the problem with teenagers today is that they drink too much water and they always <laughs> want water and they always have big clanking water bottles that knock everything over because they've yeah. been brainwashed into thinking they have to drink so much water every day. So when yeah. I showed up for the voting registration, John was like, oh, do you have enough water? Make sure you bring water so you don't. It's, I don't know. It's completely irrational. I mean, can we? T- you can't sit in 70 degree weather in the wind for a couple of hours without water. It's just nice to have water with you. If you can bring water with you and you can, thanks to bottle technology, I have a metal bottle that right. I keep water in. Right. Then why it's wouldn't you bring a- water just in case something happens? All right. I think sunscreen is probably more important than water. I've literally never worn sunscreen in my life. I, I could give two shits about sunscreen. I was rocking that sunscreen and I had a hat on. Because if I, I have my water, the sun can't water. hurt me. Anything the sun can do, water can fix. That's the thing you people don't understand about water. Yeah. Anything the sun can do because it's a fire, water can fix because water trumps fire. <laughs> it's a fire. Yeah, it's so not John's really sitting fire. around complaining about the wind on this nice breezy day and then also making fun of me for having water. Yeah. We didn't well, register you know a single what? voter. No, we did not register a single voter. They we got a lot of thumbs up. Come by it, and yeah, we'd be like, uh, are you registered to vote? And they'd be like, uh, yeah, everyone around here is registered to vote. Right. 
But, um, you know, it was good practice. We looked over the materials. Next time we're in a situation where we do run into some voters, we Mm -hmm. will be prepared. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was sort of a nice, uh, no, it was not relaxing because we had to watch the game and games are stressful. No, this game was relaxed. When we were up by like. Actually, you know what? Now that when you put it that way. This game was relaxing. It was relaxing up until the moment we left because we were totally kicking Baylor's ass. And you told me that ESPN Robot had it at 99.9% win for the Tar Heels because we were up by like, what, 20 points or something? 25 points. 25 points. The truth is Carolina won the game easily by seven points and never trailed in the final uh, 37 minutes of regulation. And did never trailed in the five minutes of overtime. So it was an easy seven point win. Oh, uh, wait a minute. No, that's not exactly what happened. I no, think what, what happened yeah. was that Carolina, of course, was not favored in this game at all. Baylor is the number one seed defending champions and Carolina is the eight seed. Although I thought Carolina might give Baylor trouble. I did not expect Carolina to dominate and have a 25 point lead with only 10 minutes to go in the second half. And when Brady Manick hit that three-pointer to go up by 25, I said to you, that's the ball game. I'd always said to you that 24 points is the point of no return. And I, I've said that because I the largest comebacks of all time that Carolina has been involved in has been 22 points. And the largest comeback that a team has done on Carolina has been 24 points. About 10 years ago, Florida State came back from 24 points down to force overtime uh, on Carolina, and they ultimately won that game. But Carolina has played, you know, 10,000 games in their history. So so this one, we got up by 25. And uh, our shift ended, and we decided we're leaving. We're going to go find a place to watch the game. Maybe we'll go back to David's parents' house and watch the end of it. And by the time we got to David's parents' house, it was a totally different ball game. It was election Uh, night 2016 all over again. It was insane. The PTSD was too real. It was nuts. It was was crazy. You know, our best, our leading scorer had been ejected for a flagrant foul, another player had had multiple fouls and a technical at one point they called 10 straight fouls on Carolina and uh, two of UNC starters had fouled out of the game and Carolina doesn't play deep so we had a couple of freshmen in there and they were playing like a you know an elementary school team at that point again just like the Democrats not much of a bench yeah that's it. Hey, that's a good point. Thanks, man. So Baylor came all the way back and was able to get a three-point play to tie the game with a few seconds. Carolina missed a final shot in regulation and it went to overtime. It was the it tied the greatest comeback in NCAA history. But we went to overtime. I said we're going to get killed in overtime obviously because of the momentum is not on UNC's side, but momentum apparently doesn't exist in statistics or in sports because the game started in overtime. Carolina freshman Styles hit a, a three-pointer, 
yeah, I don't know what he was doing taking it, but he hit it. And then UNC held Baylor to one of 11 shooting, and they only scored six points in the overtime, and Carolina was able to prevail and not have the greatest collapse of all time in NCAA history on its record. But it was pretty scary, was it not? Yeah, yeah, it was as scary as can be. A UNC loss to Baylor would not have bothered me. A UNC loss to Baylor after blowing a 25-point lead. It was pretty good and pretty hard to live down. That's like that's like Shashevsky losing his last home game at Cameron to UNC. Like it's going to haunt it would haunt you forever. Yeah, it's something that just never gets eclipsed. Although we need to talk about this because our next podcast next week this will all be known already. What's so that? I just need to I need to mention the the possibility of of what may happen. Oh, so is this, this your thing you were telling me about at Umstead Park the other day, yeah, your nightmare so, scenario? Yeah. So I just need to mention it briefly. All right, I hurry know you're up. done talking about it. All right. So it, at the beginning of this tournament, uh this weekend there were sixty four teams. There's now sixteen left. That means there were forty eight games this week. I feel like we watched them all. Now of those 16 teams that are remaining, both UNC and Duke are remaining, and they are on the same side of the bracket. So we are four games away from Duke and Carolina meeting in the Final Four, something that has never happened and that no no fan base on either side wants to happen. It's the doomsday scenario. It's a Why scenario is this not your that- ultimate fantasy? Because it's like getting in a nuclear war with Russia. It's it, it's it's a bad it's a bad situation. And the team that wins, the like I said, the other side can never reciprocate. It's just so hard for that to happen. It's never happened in history. In many years, Carolina and Duke are both one seeds, so they're favored to make it. And it still never happened. But this would be the year you would say it would never happen because Duke isn't playing that well. They're a two seed and UNC is an eight seed. So when we said all that stuff in Cameron last week or a couple weeks ago that that was forever and that Duke could never avenge that in any way. Imagine a scenario where Carolina and Duke meet in the final four and Coach K beats Carolina and then goes on to win the national championship. That is a possibility. And another thing is, there's a possibility that Carolina and Duke meet in the Final Four, and Kay is humiliated a second time by this first-year head coach, Hubert Davis, and he goes on to win a national championship. I kind of feel like One of those two things is going to happen. And I honestly, I don't wish that on Kay at all. And I certainly don't wish that on me if, if Duke were to win and, and all other UNC fans, but I'm concerned about this. And the reason why I'm concerned (laughs) is that the number two seed Kentucky Wildcats are out. Baylor is out. You're like George Tennant. Running around with his hair on fire. Remember that quote? Some yes, Bob Woodward yes. quote about nine eleven or something. That's, That's you exactly right now. Right. You I just saw can't it get for, people I, to listen. Can, this is a clear no, and they, present danger we got here. This is a clear and present danger. This is a looming tower right here. Yeah, exactly. This really could happen, and people are not talking about it yet. And they need to start talking about. They need it to wake up and getting in shape and recognizing where we may be by next Tuesday 
when we come on the air, we may be saying Carolina and Duke are going to be playing each other. So, God. And to be clear, you're comparing that to a nuclear war with Russia. Yeah, maybe maybe something like that. Okay. I guess, you know, that's like mutually assured destruction. Mm Mm-hmm. This isn't mutually assured destruction. The stakes are just too high. There's also the possibility that both teams make it to the Elite Eight and they both decide to stand down and just lose. To <laughs> I'm avoid not sure that's an actual the possibility. Other. They're going to be like, you know what? It would just be too intense. To- that's mutually assured destruction. They just, Mutually, we agree to destroy ourselves to avoid that possibility. No, that's like a country dropping a nuclear bomb on itself because it doesn't want to deal with the trauma of being bombed by an enemy country. Yeah, smart. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Well, I guess it'll be interesting to see which team plays first. Okay, moving on. Global pandemic still going on. Is that true? The global pandemic is still going on? How can that be? Well, it's 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 on, it's on the down downward trend here. Well, it better be because they just canceled all the COVID funding in the budget, didn't they? Yeah, but it's spiking in Asia again. So maybe it's got one last, it's going to maybe come back around again. I think we have, you know, we have record setting inflation, all this political violence. We, it's bad. It's bad. We got a lot going on. And then on top of that, you have to add the stress of March Madness. (laughs) Yeah. It's, just it's when you thought much. things couldn't get any worse, there's a bunch of basketball games we have to watch. Yeah. Oh, Job never had it scenario. so rough. Job himself, the famous person from the Bible, never had it so rough. Was God trolling Job very hard? Goodness gracious. If I was Job, I would have stopped believing in God in two seconds after all that stuff started happening. I relate so much to Job, yeah. You think you're just like, weekend? God is just testing, testing you, testing. That's so... Oh, mm-hmm. We have... Yeah. There's so much to discuss about God and religion and human culture. I'm not sure we'll get to it all this week. Um, but rest assured, the notion of God is is always in our thoughts. We have much to much to much to consider about all that stuff. Religion and um, different cultures have different religions. Some people worship one God, a single God. Some people worship uh, multiple gods, and some people worship no gods at all. And some people worship um, plants. It's interesting and animals. Yeah. It's interesting, John. You put your finger on it. It's quite interesting. The whole you know, another thing that's hum- interesting <sighs> that I noticed this week is that a lot of people aren't wearing masks again. How does that make you feel? That makes me feel okay. Don't cancel me. I know that cancel culture is real, and people get canceled for speaking. Yeah, I read out. about that in the New York Times this weekend. No one feels free to speak their mind anymore. But I am sort of okay with people not wearing masks as long as they are following the local regulations. If there are local regulations that they have lifted the mask mandate, um, I'm okay if you go in the grocery store. Like, you know, Trader Joe's, go into the grocery store at Trader Joe's. I say half the people aren't wearing masks in Trader Joe's and most of the employees are no longer wearing masks. Um, And I think with COVID cases so low right now, I think that that is okay. Almost like, now I'm not saying that COVID's not going to come back. I think COVID is going to make another wave at some point. It might be in the fall. It might be earlier, but I don't think it's going to be because we suddenly stopped wearing masks. I think it's just going, it's, it's just how it happens. And when it starts up again, I think we need to 
go back to wearing masks. I think people need to be able to deal with switching back and forth. You're saying now is a good time to have some maskless live, laugh, love time. Yeah, you have to take advantage. Now, To if you want to be totally safe, you can wear your mask all the time and uh, and and that's fine. But OK, so here's a thought I had this week. Hmm. Uh, 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 watching the war in Ukraine, it's it's horrible. And there's all these bombings and I, and I don't know, this is probably not profound in any way, but it it it. it, it it's something I thought about with all of these uh, air raid sirens going off and everybody is told to seek shelter immediately. And you should seek shelter when the air raid siren goes off because that means there's a high chance of their incoming ballistic missile or something or artillery. And you should hide underground in those bunkers. But when those air raid sirens are not going off, ah. you, sh- you you can continue to stay down in that subway and, and you'll be safe or you can you can come out. Stick your head up above the surface. Yeah. Get some fresh air, so to speak. Because this might be your chance. Ah. Because it might be that in the next six, seven hours, the air raid sirens are going to go off for another three days and you'll be sort of sorry that you didn't take advantage of that. Now, it doesn't Make mean that hay something... while the sun shines. That's an yes. old farmer adage. Make hay while the sun shines. It means go out and kiss and cuddle while you're young. I think that's what it means. I think it's actually about lovemaking. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. It's a euphemism. Make hay, like a roll in the hay. Yeah. You ever heard that expression? A roll. We're going to have a roll in the hay. That means you're going to engage yeah. in baby making activities known as coitus or uh, sexual intercourse so what you're saying is now that covid is on the wane we have the all clear more or less we can come out of our air raid shelters right enjoy life without a mask and when the next wave comes we'll all go and we'll roll our eyes and we'll put our masks back on i.e go back down into the air raid shelter and wait it out is that what you're saying yes yes so you're mask-free and loving life these days. I mean, I don't know if I'm loving life, but I'm not wearing a mask that much. I want to talk about something related to the war in Ukraine. This was brought to my attention by someone on Twitter, the famous social media app. His name is Jason. I can't believe it took Jason alerting me to this Twitter thread. John, there is a connection between the war in Ukraine and effects pedals, guitar effects pedals. And it's been too long since we discussed guitar effects pedals on this podcast. And it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. We went two or three weeks without ever letting effects pedals cross our lips. Well, we're going to make up for that right now. Now, listen to this. You're asking yourself, how in the world is Russia's invasion of Ukraine connected to guitar effects pedals? How can the worst thing in the world be connected to the best thing in the world? Here's how. Check this out. I didn't I didn't I never knew I didn't know half of the stuff I'm about to convey to you. You damn listeners. Listen to this. So everybody remembers Electroharmonics, right? The American pedal company started by, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Mike Matthews, the old cigar chomper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're American-made effects pedals, and they make the Canyon Delay, which I've recommended a couple times on this podcast. And of course, they made some legendary pedals in the late 60s and early 70s, blah, blah, blah. I actually only have, I don't have a lot of Electroharmonics pedals, but whatever. Let's put that aside. Years ago, Electroharmonics decided to branch out from pedals and got into vacuum tubes. You know how some amplifiers, John, and microphone preamps and stuff, they use vacuum tubes? It's the Mm -hmm. difference between a a tube amp and a solid state amp, if you've ever heard those designations. 
and a tube amp is like has a special warm warm tone and when it goes into overdrive that has a pleasing harmonics when it when it breaks up and stuff like that so some people say you can't it's like people who are all into records and say records right. are better than cds it's just it's just different so people are really into tube amps right well sometimes tubes need to be replaced okay sometimes okay. tubes don't last forever john just like you and i won't last forever yeah. and someday we'll die and our boogers will be eaten by worms in the grave and our mm-hmm. skulls will be used in an eagle's nest to make the world's coolest nest. But let's put that aside for now. Okay. Electroharmonics, Mike Matthews decided to get into um, vacuum tube technology. There were only three factories left on the planet Earth. This is what this Twitter thread said. Only three factories left on Earth that make vacuum tubes for audio applications. One is in China, and that's been shut down for over a year. One is in Slovakia. And then a third factory based in Russia that the electroharmonics guy actually bought back in the 90s. He bought the Russian tube factory to sell tubes wholesale, branded as electroharmonics tubes and then other Sovtech, I think, this legendary old Russian tube brand. So he's been pumping out tubes. Pretty, you know, pretty substantial business because he was only one of three sources for new vacuum tubes. Right. Well, uh, last week... The Kremlin, in response to everyone, um, you know, imposing tariffs or sanctions on Russia, listed 200 items that would no longer be allowed to be exported from Russia in retaliation. And one of those items, yes, John, you can guess, vacuum tubes. Uh Uh-oh. One of the world's two sources of vacuum tubes was now being denied uh, its exports, which meant the electroharmonics guy told everybody, like, I can't make new tubes, don't order new tubes, I'm not even sure I can send out the tubes that have already been ordered. So what happened? The price of tu- the price of vacuum tubes spiked. I wouldn't I wouldn't have dared to go on Reverb.com for a million dollars you couldn't have paid me to go look at how much tube amps were going to go for once this happened. It's like years and years ago, Amp, what's it called? Ampex, the last, the last producer, a manufacturer of a proper audio tape, like true reel-to-reel audio tape that's used mm-hmm. in like analog studios. They were going out of business or something. And then people like Steve Albini just started buying up all unused stock of audio tape because they thought it was done forever. The same thing started happening with tubes. These jack-offs in the Kremlin, these aggressors, trying to d- deny these guitar nerds their vacuum tubes? Excuse me? Trying to deny these blues guitarists these tubes to make their to make their Fender have a nice warm tone. Trying to keep these six L six tubes from these kids who want to play warm, goopy, heavy metal or whatever they do with these damn tubes. And I used to have a vacuum tube. Shout out to the Ampeg Jet Two reissue. What a great little, great little with the with the blue Tolex. Does anyone even know what I'm talking about? Had built in had built in tremolo. Does anyone even remember that amplifier? I don't. A single twelve inch speaker. Spring reverb, real spring reverb, real tubes. Does anybody even remember that when I had that amp and then I sold it on Craigslist? Well, the Kremlin spit on the memory of that wonderful little tube amp. Fortunately, there's fortunately there's been an update and apparently now the, the electroharmonics guy says, it's all good. They're going to let us export the tubes. Everybody calm down. Come get your tubes. A little oh, twist seriously? there. Seriously? Yeah. That was a huge twist. Yeah. I saved it for the very end. I wanted you to... to have a little burst of hope there. And you really did. You really jerked back and your eyes went wide when I said that. Yeah. Apparently the issue has been resolved and electroharmonics will once again be able to export tubes. But boy, oh boy, I think it was real rough going there for a week or so. I think a lot of, I think a lot of like middle managers in their middle, you know, these guys who have a bunch of money, bankers who probably spend it all on fucking retrofret.com. If you know that <laughs> website and they sell like old 
they sell Fender Telecasters for like $36,000. Like, you yeah. know, there's a, you know, how some musicians are like just rich. It's like guys who buy motorcycles because they're really rich. Yeah. I think there's a lot of white guys who get really rich and then they buy like really expensive Fender um, Stratocasters and stuff so they can play blues, blues in their yeah. six car garage on, on Long Island or whatever. And I'm sure those dudes were freaking out about tubes. Because I'm sure a lot of those guys are like, I got to have my tubes. I got to have real tubes. Anyway, God damn it. Why am I still talking about this? Well, I'm glad that got settled. That's a little bit of good news this week. A little bit of good news from the world of audio tubes. John, did I ever tell you about the time my friend John, not you, John, John K, another John K, who you know. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time that we were in Soho, one of the coolest neighborhoods in New York, and um, we went into... A really, really high-end stereo store. Have we ever talked about super high-end stereos on this podcast before? No. Man, I used to love going high-end stereo shopping. I mean, not to buy. Remember, I couldn't afford this. Remember stereo sound? Yeah. Where was stereo sound? I feel like stereo sound was like on one of those upper floor buildings on Franklin Street. Yeah. Or there was a place called Woofer and Tweeter. They had the best mascots. Yeah. Well, what I was going to okay, say- sorry. Yeah, yeah. What I sorry sorry I'm gonna, I'm tell the story it. about no I'm gonna no. cut it let's cut it no we gotta no no, keep no, no. I want to hear we gotta keep we went to this no. guy we went to this high end stereo store and it was just this guy's apartment and like he was such a great salesman we we hung out with him for like six hours just listening to music on like the world's most expensive stereos oh my and goodness he had this really really super I'm talking about like hundred you know like hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars stereos that are running off vacuum tubes that are like as big as like grain silos like you know what I mean like. Yeah. If you huge glowing vacuum tubes takes a stereo like 20 minutes to warm up. And he was like, hey, man, any music you want to listen to, let's listen to. I said, I want to hear Dope Smoker by Sleep. He had never heard of that song. It's like a real famous heavy metal song. It's like real slow and heavy. Yeah. And we and he blasted on the stereo. It was so crazy. Sound. It sounded so enormous. He was really excited. He was like, because you know how those stereo stores, they usually play Steely Dan because like the mix is so good. And they're like, oh, listen to the separation here between the you know, the mids and the low mids, you can really hear a uh, skunk Baxter's guitar tone. It really feels like it's sitting right in front of you. And, you know, they always are looking for well-engineered albums to show off different aspects of their high-end stereo. And he was so happy when I, when we listened to this song and he said, I'm going to start using this to demonstrate like the low end of these, of these quarter million dollar stereos. I said, you're very yeah. welcome. And then we spent all day with this guy. He was so nice. He was also really into race cars. Does anybody in New York know the guy I'm talking about? He's really into race cars and really high-end stereos. He was so nice. And at one point, I think John and I were like, listen, man, you know, we have to be, we have to come clean. Like, we don't have the money to buy any of this. And he was basically like, that's cool, man. We're just listening to music, talking about stereos and race cars. I mean, we were in the zone, John. We were in the zone in Soho. I felt like I was Drake. I love this story. If I was Drake, I could do this every day. Yeah. Because I would have so much money and I would collect stereos and race cars. The end. All right, let's keep moving. What a weird episode. That was a great story. <laughs> Thanks. Did I tell you that John, John K., your friend and, uh -huh. and mine, he sent, me, he sent me a book. He sent me a book. Um, oh, what book? 1491. It's all about you know what, what it was like uh, pre-Christopher Columbus here in the United States. Okay. Yeah. And I'm reading it and it's good. So, Give him a shout out. Shout out, John K. Thank you so much for that book. I'm going to finish it when March Madness is over. John, what's going on with Mark Meadows? I feel like there was two big things that happened with our beloved former North Carolina representative. Oh, Mark 
Meadows. Let's see. Well, Donald Trump's former chief of staff. Yeah. If you'll recall, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed that uh, an article had come out in, what was it, The Atlantic? I think it was, no, it was The New Yorker. Okay, The New Yorker, that Mark Meadows had a suspicious looking voter registration address at a place that it didn't look like was his true domicile. Correct. Um, Since that report came out this past Thursday, the North Carolina Department of Justice announced that they had have asked the State Bureau of Investigation to examine whether Meadows broke the law when he registered to vote and voted from that remote mobile home where he did not live. Apparently, he's literally never set foot in that domicile. He obviously broke the law. I think so. He absolutely, totally broke the law. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what the SBI reports back to the state attorney general, who is Josh Stein. Chapel Hill High School graduate. That's right. His parents live at the same retirement community that my parents do. I'm a power player by association. Mark Meadows, your fate rests in my hands. (laughs) See if you can get some inside intel on that. See maybe what Stein's thinking is through his parents. I could do that. I could actually do that. I know. I could ask my parents to point out who Josh Stein's parents are. And I could go up to them. I could wear like a trench coat and a fedora and say, I have some information for your son. I think he'll find it (laughs) quite interesting. And then I'll hand them this envelope. See, I saw this movie this past weekend, John. It's called The Outfit. And it's all about this mild-mannered tailor who who has these envelopes coming in from the mafia. And one of the envelopes contains very important information. And the question in this movie is like, well, who, who can control, who will have this information? And what does the tailor have to do with this information? I could be like that. I could be like a character in a real spy novel. And I could say, I have information for your son. I think he'll find it <laughs> quite interesting. Right. You always got to do that little chuckle before you say quite interesting. I think he'll find it <laughs> quite interesting. Or if you want a little twist, you could say, I think he'll find it <laughs> quite interesting like that. And then they'll be yeah. intrigued. Then yeah, they'll send the envelope to their son, who's the who's the AG, and he'll open and he'll say, hi, you don't know me, but my name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider, and everything I touch turns to gold. I host a very powerful podcast called Election Profit Makers. Trust me when I say you cannot afford to have us as enemies. To that end, I suggest you file criminal charges against Mark Meadows. The end. There will be no further communication from this source. Eat this note now. How's that? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that you could get information from them, but you switched it around and said you would send information. Got to have a twist, John. To him. Got to have a twist. It's March Madness. These games have so many twists. We need to have twists ourselves. Oh, my God. Do they ever. Oh, my God. Okay. But there was something else about Mark Meadows, wasn't there? Not just the voter fraud. Okay. So this, I don't know. I, I, you're going to have to tell me about Oh, you didn't read this? No, I didn't read this. Oh my God! Well, I apparently was too busy a... watching forty-eight basketball games. I didn't. Do John, any, I watched a lot of prep. basketball games too, but I still prepared for the damn fucking podcast. Yeah, I, I didn't. All right. Well, let's just keep moving on. There's a big, no. rolling, big Rolling Stone article that says Mark Meadows was actively involved in the January six shenanigans, even though he said he had nothing to do with it and wasn't aware of it. Somebody heard him talking on speakerphone planning the January six rally. So who knows? Maybe someday he'll get in trouble for something, but All I right. wouldn't hold Rolling my breath. Rolling Stone, 
I don't believe it until it comes out in Axios. Okay. We're waiting on Axios for John. We're waiting on Axios yeah. for John. Politico. John, I assume you haven't heard about this because of the NCAA basketball tournament, which you're using as an excuse to not do any work. But uh, the Supreme Court hearings have started today. K. Brown Jackson is going to be answering questions from enraged Republicans about why she was a public defender, I guess. Uh, all right. And meanwhile, another Supreme Court justice, his name is Clarence Thomas. He's number one in my book. He and his wife, Ginny, ooh, they can get it. Um, <laughs> he's in the hospital with flu-like symptoms. What? We'll leave the rest to the listener's imagination. Oh, my okay. God. I'm not, oh. I'm not saying I'm praying for Clarence Thomas to make a speedy recovery, but I will say I'm praying about Clarence Thomas, and I'll leave that to the listener's imagination as to what exactly is afflicting him, this infection with flu-like symptoms. Okay, Clarence mm. Thomas. Okay. Okay, that's got to be affecting some markets on Predicted. Well, let's go to the Predicted market about the Supreme Court nomination. Uh, How yeah, many votes to confirm a SCOTUS nominee by July 1st? They're obviously talking about Katanji Brown Jackson. And the leading bracket is uh what do we got here? B one, two, three, four, five. B five is fifty-two votes, and that's leading at thirty-one cents. The next bracket is B six, fifty-three votes at twenty-three cents. So we assume all Democrats are gonna vote for her, right? Even Manchin and Cinema. They can't be so insane as to vote against her. Yeah. And then their people are saying there'll be one or two Republicans, the ones who voted to put her on what was it, the appellate court? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Are you going to get into this market? No. I'm tempted because whenever there's one bracket that's more expensive than the other brackets, I want to buy in because of wisdom of crowds, because crowds are never wrong. And a large crowd is smarter than even the wisest of men. Why don't you bribe the top the top three? I don't have know, enough bri- money right bu- now. I'm getting, by 51, s- 52, and 53, I think I'm taking such a shellacking like- in all these other damn markets. I can't afford it. I don't have the liquidity right now. Yeah. This fucking Los Angeles mayoral election winner. I was all in on Karen Bass, and and she's and she's down three damn cents. Yeah, I can't worry about it until next week until I know that. Oh Carolina my god, did. why are we even doing a podcast this week? I don't know, man. <sighs> I'm doing my best under these warlike these war conditions. I'm not put. I'm going to put that in just to have every listener think you have no taste. You're comparing you're comparing having to watch a bunch of basketball games to being in a war. Yeah, it's a battle. It's a constant. John, I've watched more basketball in the last week than I've watched in the last 10 years and I and I and I feel terrific. That's cuz you don't care. I do care. Every team, every game I decide to root for the lower ranked team. I'm having a wonderful time. Although last night with Purdue, I had to root for Purdue over Texas. And that was a good game. Those Texas guys, they got some fight in them. Yeah, but in the in the end, there were no match for the Boilermakers. The Boilermakers are Purdue. They won by yeah, ten boiler points. Up. Yeah. And did you watch? And then, of course, every night I'm ready to go to bed, and then they have the nightcap, which is the one versus eight or nine seed, and I'm like, well, that'll be a blowout. And Saturday night, you know, I needed to get a good night sleep, and uh, yeah, it ended up Gonzaga barely was able to win, and then last night. The, it was Arizona, number one seed Arizona, t- taking on TCU, and TCU took them to overtime. I'm telling you, man, it's March Madness, but you shouldn't think of it as a war. You should think of it as a celebration. You should think of it as a party. I'm telling you, John, just think of life as a party and all your problems will be solved. All right. Or a highway. Life is a highway. I want to say something about that song now that we're just kind of riffing and the whole ep- the episode's falling apart. 
Uh-huh. This is an incredible fact, and I can't believe it's true, but it's truly true. To all the young people, there used to be this song called Life is a Highway. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all, all night, night long. long. It was kind of a jam. And I remember the first time I ever heard it, because it had a harmonica solo in it, I thought it was a Bob Dylan song. <laughs> Imagine if Bob Dylan... <laughs> Imagine if Bob Dylan wrote a song called Life is a Highway, I Want to Ride It All Night Long. I would just like to say happy birthday to my dad, who is 79 years young today. uh, Today being the day we're recording. Oh, it's his birthday. Yes, it is my dad's birthday. Yeah. And let's, let's say this, John, to any other listener who happens to be listening to this on their birthday. Since we're 50% a birthday podcast now, yeah, we wish everyone else listening, happy birthday. And you have the same birthday as John's dad. That's a wonderful coincidence. You should be yeah, happy about my, that. Yeah, it's also my cousin Richard uh, man, is no one also- cares, No one cares about birthday. your cousin and, Richard. Come on, okay, man. Okay, and, and- And my dog's podiatrist, his no, sister's he, birthday is tomorrow. That's no, you. No, not- That's you. Not my dog's podiatrist, but my dog's birthday is today as well. What? Yeah. Oh, I walked right into that one. Bodie and my dad and my cousin are all born on the same day. What are the odds of that? A very auspicious day. Anyone who has the birthday of March 21st uh, should be very proud of themselves. Now, let's say this, as long as this episode is just collapsing around us. We've been selling these wonderful T-shirts and merchandise with the uh, Gain and Upside Down Helicopter logo and the Election Profit Makers Effects Pedal logo. We're going to stop selling those in two weeks. So you have two weeks left to buy this stuff before we rethink our entire merchandise strategy. So if you haven't um, bought one of these items yet, go to bit.ly slash EPM very cool. That's all lowercase bit.ly slash EPM very cool and order your merch now before it is discontinued for the foreseeable future. Bit.ly slash EPM very cool. And as long as you're on your internet browser having fun, you might as well go to patreon.com slash election profit makers. Sign up to support us on Patreon. Yeah. We're going to release a very unusual, a very unusual Patreon episode this week or maybe next week. But by the end of the month, we do at least an episode a month. We're going to release a field recording uh, of one of John's favorite fish weirs. Mm -hmm. Name another podcast that's ever done that in human history. I'll wait. Still waiting. And your answer will be coming when exactly? That's right. 1990, never to. Field recordings of fish weirs. Name another political podcast that does that. Oh, I would love to see Pod Save America release field recordings of fish weirs. I would love to see all those Obama boys goofing and joshing about that. I would love to see it. Pod Save This and Pod Save That. Pod save your money and give it to us instead. Ooh, ooh, that was good. That was a good singer. You know, th- this 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 field recording thing was m- much more work than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, we and I went to back out hike. today to get a second round of field recording because I wasn't happy with the first round's quality. I'm taking this seriously, John. Okay, good. Yeah these these places were n- not necessarily simple to to get to no but uh yeah we did it yesterday i had according to my fitbit app i had 50 i 51 flights of stairs that i went up it's because we're hiking all over creation trying to get these fish weirs on tape yeah all right bad boys of the week 
Everybody get ready. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have fun. Party, party. It's Bad Boys of the Week. Let's get it poppin'. Bad Boys are number one. Bad Boys. It's true. The rumors are true. This Ohio Senate debate between all the Republican candidates for Senate. We got Mike Gibbons squaring off against Josh Mandel. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, we could do a lot of funny bits about how debased and pathetic this argument was, but I think the way to truly convey it is we're just going to play it at half speed and let everybody listen. So enjoy. And I'm not sure what Chinese Petro has to do with anything. Uh, are you, you saying own, I owned it? Yeah, you own stock in it. Well, I... That's I where you... That's where you... I can you tell you... filed that I, with the Federal Elections Commission. You well, own stock I, in Chinese Petro. I personally didn't buy the stock. You uh, made millions off it, sir. I don't think I made millions off of anything. I'd love to have made millions off of Chinese Petra. Uh, first of all, Shanghai Shenda and buying, Chinese Petra. Buying a second, right, you may not understand this because you I never been in the private. No, you don't. I do. You've never been in the I private sector it. in your life. I work, sir. Gosh. Watch about two tours in Iraq. You don't tell me I haven't worked. Don't tell me I haven't worked. You, you don't know squat. It's okay, right? You don't know squat. Two tours in Iraq. Don't tell me I haven't worked. You back off. Good stuff. I don't want to body shame anyone, but Josh Mandel has sort of a weird body. Mm. Have you noticed that? I have. We can body shame. We body shame ourselves, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's this huge fight between Mike Gibbons and Josh Mandel. It was finally broken up. J.D. Vance just sat it out. J.D. Vance is so irrelevant now. It makes me so bummed out. When he was my, he was my bright shining hope, my 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 special guy. He he had he had no he had no skin in the game. I was I thought J.D. Vance, this tough hard scrabble Appalachian dude, this hillbilly, would jump up in between Mike Gibbons and Josh Mandel and say, "Now come on now, settle down now, boys. Come on, we ain't this ain't no wait a minute." Time nor the place. Was J.D. Vance there? Of course he was there. He was sitting in a big armchair looking like a dork, looking like he was waiting to host Masterpiece Theater. He looked like a kid sitting in an oversized chair just chuckling it while Gibbons and Mandel were going hard. Yeah, they were going hard in the paint. Yeah, they were going hard in in each other's face. Basketball. Yep. J.D. Vance was sitting on the bench. J.D. Vance was riding the bench. Yeah, get in the game, man. And then the next day, after being so left out, he sent this email. Listen to this. This is J.D. Vance the day after 
the Ohio Senate debate where he had nothing, where he, he, no one was talking about him. He said, David, the debate was last night. After this debate, it's clear that we emerged victoriously and our movement of conservative patriots will save Ohio in this election. Um, fact check. That's some bullshit. J.D. Vance is done. I'm so glad I sold those shares. What an idiot. This dude has debased himself maybe more than any other politician other than Ted Cruz. And for what? He didn't even get in a, he couldn't even, he couldn't even rouse himself from his armchair to, to join in this scuffle. But now let's talk about the aftermath of these two bad boys, a scrapping. Yeah. Gibbons went up, currently trading at 43 cents from 36. Gibbons is the new leader. I mean, he was already leading Mandel, but he's widened his lead because Josh Mandel, mm, let's say, did not cover himself in glory. What an idiot. Yeah, he's so weird. Why do you love him so much? You're just so fascinated with him. You love him. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. When he was like, two tours in Iraq, two tours in Iraq. Well, watch out who you're talking to, Buster Brown. Yeah, well, after that, I sold. I said, uh, that that freaked me out. His his two tours in Iraq, his weird body, the fact that, that, that Gibbons was not intimidated in the least, it just was a bad look. And I think at this point, Trump will not endorse in this race because he can't risk backing another loser. I think he might endorse Gibbons now. Yeah, probably. He'd rather have a safe endorsement than than risking it on. I mean, I, although he has to be loving how J.D. Vance has just abased himself. It's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was Bad Boys of the Week. It was a lightning round. And we're going to give it to, you know what? We have to give it to Mike Gibbons because he came out on top. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mike Gibbons, congratulations. You're the election profit maker's bad Mike boy Gibbons of the week. Mike Gibbons can give it. You faced up to Josh Mandel and you didn't blink. Damn. You just uh, email shirt. us, contact at electionprofitmakers.com to claim your prize and we'll send you your certificate. You didn't get my joke. Mike Gibbons can give it. Oh, say it again. Mike Gibbons. He can give it. <laughs> Another masterpiece. God, can you hear all this? I can't hear shit. My earbuds don't work anymore. Okay, I've gone well, through so be, many damn ear, I hope earbuds. You can, you'll be able to mute me. Yeah, I'll be able to do that. I can use my computer to do that. I know how okay. to do that. Because you're going to be bang, bang, bang. It is going buck wild over there. Listener questions. Tom in Asheville wrote in, I've noticed in some markets the price to buy a share is much higher than the price to sell a share. For example, I'm currently in the market who will be the 2022 Oklahoma special election Republican Senate nominee. And as I write this, the buy yes price for Luke Holland is 26 higher than the sell yes price. What does it mean when there's such a large difference between the buy and sell price for a particular position? This is, you know, this is markets 101 basically. And this exists just in capitalism and other markets in general. If there is a robust market, an efficient market with lots of buying and selling, then the bid, the ask, the sell price, they're all going to be everything. The bids are going to be much closer. Okay. So when you've got a situation where there's just not much volume in the market, there's not many people looking to buy, not many people looking to sell then you're going to have a huge spread. And that's what you're seeing here. This isn't a very hot market right now. You're telling me that the market for the 2022 Oklahoma special election Republican Senate nominee isn't blowing up predicted? It's not yet, no. Well, no disrespect to Oklahoma, because I'm sure that's a very fine state with a lot of wonderful people. Um, 
I've only been there once, so I suppose it could surprise me. Was that, was that sufficiently snobby? Oklahoma City, man. Oklahoma City, man, that skyline. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Sucks. Sucks. It looks like two shoeboxes at taking naps. All right. What I was going to say was maybe because this market isn't popular, there might be some opportunities there for some vulture capitalists known as Long John Silver and Kid Midas. What do you think? Uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe, well, we'll check it out. Yeah, we'll check it out. I care. Let's keep going. Remember last week we read some email from Alex and he had all these amazing coincidences? Yeah. Well, this other listener named Ryan had to one-up him. You want, you want me to read this? Yeah, why don't you read it? Ryan writes in, Listening to Alex's letter, I am writing with a grand coincidence of my own, one that starts to suggest there might be something mystical floating around election profit sphere. I have been meaning to write in because I used to live in an apartment building with the address 10, but like Alex, I held off emailing in. When Alex mentioned he had to slam on his bike brakes, I almost lost my breath. I was on a bike myself at that very moment, too. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing, right? Not only that, but I was listening to all of this unfold on my birthday, which Hello. is St. Patrick's Day. He oh. writes in parentheses, it is a pretty good birthday, I have to be honest. He goes on to say, I'm not a member of the American Statistical Association, thank God, but I think the chances of this stack of coincidences are at least one in two trillion. That's good EPM coincidence material. Ryan yeah. one-upped Alex in the coincidence department. Maybe there is something magical going on, John. Maybe we're being rewarded. Numbers. Yeah, some, and then someone sent us some video about numbers, and they were like, actually, Googleplex isn't the biggest number. Yes, it is. I tried watching. This guy was like, there's some number called Tree 3. I think that was a hoax. That's the name of the number, Tree 3. And that's supposed to be a bigger number than Googleplex. And all it is is like how many dots you can put arrange and not have the same arrangement of dots. It's like, well, that's just call that Googleplex. That's just, that's just a huge number. Like who cares? Infinity is the biggest number. Then I watched this up and then they sent this video about like, here's a guy explaining all the different kinds of numbers. Cause you know, there's like imaginary numbers and irrational numbers and negative numbers and all these fucking bullshit numbers. That's just people with too much time on their hands. Yeah. If you start talking about numbers, I will get mad at you. If you if you if you're talking about all this kind of numbers, it's like when I think about space and they're like, "Oh, the universe is still expanding." Fuck you! It's not. Yeah, you don't have time. It doesn't make it. any sense. Where is it going? What's it expanding into? Big empty darkness. Well, then that's the universe too. No, it's expanding into other. Universes. It's not. They're all pressing against one another. It doesn't make multiverse. any sense. The, the universe is supposed to be the sum total of every single thing ever. So how can it expand? It's already everything. Okay. Right? A galaxy can expand. A waistline can expand. Exhibit A, <laughs> me. <laughs> I got you with the funny joke. And that reminds me about numbers comedy. Last week I invented numbers comedy, the hottest new type of comedy. Yeah. Someone suggested, why don't you do a Patreon episode that's just a set of numbers comedy, like a good solid set. Oh, that's a good idea. So I've been writing some of my numbers comedy. Okay. So everyone remembers my joke about what about dating five and what a pain in the ass it would be to date the number five because he just wants five of everything, right? How yeah. many beers do you want, honey? Five. Yeah. Just the worst. I came up with another numbers joke. I'm gonna say it right now because I'm I'm done giving two flying fucks about anything. Goes like this. So uh, I was gonna go visit my and also it's about an address too, so it's really hitting all the sweet spots for election oh, okay. property makers. All right. 
I was going to go visit my friend the other day for lunch. He told me to go to his house. It's at 444 um, Smith Level Drive. 444 Smith Level Drive. So I went up and down and looked all around, and I couldn't find 444 Smith Level Drive. I went home. Called my friend. Sorry, I missed lunch. I couldn't find your house. He said, what are you talking about? It's 444 Smith Level Drive. I said, yeah, I didn't see it anywhere. He said, do you know how to read numbers? I was like, of course I know how to read numbers. I've been reading numbers my whole life. He said, well, did you see my house? It's a big brown house with a red chimney. I said, that was your house? He said, yeah, the big, the big brown house with the red chimney. I said, I stood right in front of that house. I looked directly at it. He said, you didn't see that the address number on it? 444 Smith Level Drive? I said, I didn't, but come to think of it, let me ask you a question. Why do you... <laughs> Why do you have... <laughs> I said, I didn't, but... <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. All right. No, come on. <laughs> I said, I didn't see, I didn't see it, but let me ask you a question. Why was there a, why was there a cartoon of a silver? (laughs) Of a what? (laughs) He said, didn't you see the number? I said, no. But I have to ask you a question. Why was there a cartoon of a sailboat race on your mailbox? <laughs> Three evenly placed sailboats all in a row. <laughs> uh, let's stop doing the podcast. All right. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to try Predict It, go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or Discogs or Reverb or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Sorry this was kind of a crazy episode, but March Madness, what can you do? Yeah, hang in there, everyone.